Okay, so before we start the podcast, I just want to let you know that, hey, don't touch that, is brought to you, as always, by our friends at the Greenhouse Food and uh, Health Eatery. Actually, I don't think they're a health eatery, but they create some of the best sandwiches. Not sandwiches, fuck. Um, I might as well be high, but I'm probably half drunk. Anyways, they do some of the best uh, salads, paellas, uh, meal plans, and right now you can get uh, 10 meals at egh.ca for 100 bucks so that's a meal plan you're gonna need food uh they've saved my ass and my family's ass on many a nights um trying to figure out what to eat so go get them i have a personal story though they also in addition to their meal plans they also sell their dressings and sauces for the longest day like uh, the last couple weeks actually it's just like i didn't like eating salad and as a result, I was having issues on the uh, on the washroom. Anyway, uh, my buddy uh, Juan hooked me up with some of that infamous, f- delicious, the best salad dressing you've ever had. Their famous trademark, cocoa lime. And I started eating vegetables again. That's right. I started eating vegetables again. And today, man, I was regular, baby. It was great. So yeah, E-G-H-S-C-H, uh, let them know, let them know we sent you, and you might get a discount. I don't know what that discount is going to be, but you let them know. Uh, you can, they're on all delivery apps, but they also have their own website. So order off there, so they keep all their money, and they don't have to pay Skip the Dishes. They don't have to pay Uber Eats, they can just pay themselves. Alright, www.egh.ca. Welcome to Hey, Don't Touch That with your hosts, Brian, and back back after a uh, week-long hiatus, we have Jordan. How's it going, buddy? It's going really good. Barring, like, I know it's super hot outside. I, how, how, how hot is it, like, how hot was it this past week for UNBC? It was the highest it got to. Okay, in degrees so I'll tell you the number. I'll tell you the number. All right, but the number doesn't mean anything without some context. Uh, so the highest it got was forty-four degrees Celsius. Ooh. Yeah, it's smoking. Yeah, no, no, my and the thing is, you you would think like, yeah, let's just stay inside, let's stay where it's comfortable, let's stay in the AC. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. My uh, my wife was like, oh, this is fine. We have a pool. Mm-hmm. We have, we have a kiddie pool. Uh, the kids want to play in it so we'll just strip them naked and you and I can just sit and launch you so just like god damn it do you guys have AC at your place we have AC in the uh, the little tiny uh, in, yeah in the place that we live in nice but the house right now has no AC oh so you have a portable oh. AC unit it's a ductless or whatever ductless oh fancy yeah anyway yeah yeah it was not not cheap apparently anyway so we have that so it's nice like thank goodness i'm so thankful we have ac mm-hmm. but 
it's been so hot that this so it uh, the last couple of days so today and yesterday it was th- like highs of 31 and 33 and i was relieved like, <laughs> you never like, thought you'd oh, say that eh? no it's like yeah i'm okay with 31 and 30 <laughs> now i think yeah man it's, it got hot as balls it's bad yeah um, we how- hit i think we hit the highest i saw anyway it was 41 we hit God. and this is just on my truck what my truck says the external temperature and now I could officially say in my lifetime, I've seen the thing swing from plus 40 and I've also seen it at minus 40, <laughs> which <laughs> is true. unreal to think about. Yeah, it's only it's, it's only going to get worse, man. Climate yeah. change, right? Oh, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, it was a good, it was a really good week. Exhausting, though, because like you're doing all these activities and you're in the heat. And, uh, and because this is kind of like the first week where everything is kind of opened up broad i guess not really kind of yeah things have basically opened up this week for us yeah so do anything uh like i have like i back to hockey and jujitsu's back and oh that's awesome things are going my body can't take it 15 uh... 15 months and like all this extra activity like i'm falling (laughs) apart (laughs) my body's wearing down are you are you wearing your mask still uh at work i have to I mean, like, uh, up and around town. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, like, I'll wear it where, I, like, it says I need to wear it. Yeah. But there, in Edmonton, there's no, the mask bylaw is gone as of yeah. July 1st. Okay. I think uh, they're no longer mandatory in BC. Yeah. And at my work, um, it's, I don't know. I think I we have, like, I have to wear it as a management. Mm-hmm. I want to set a good example for everybody. Mm-hmm. Excuse yeah me. i mean it's one of those things it's like i'm not i haven't really been out in public places yeah like me personally yeah. um like when we when when we did the times of jiu-jitsu was open during the pandemic is uh, the instructors always had to wear the mask like the yeah students didn't really have to right you got your yeah. checks when you go in and that's that so uh i haven't i think when i went to hockey the rules like you got to wear it into your dressing room still well, not probably not now. I haven't played since like this is up until July first. Okay. Uh, but now it's probably I don't got I don't have to wear one. But it's kind of that was kind of stupid to me because like well, I'm gonna just take it off and sit next to the guy and he's slapping his ass in the showers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hope like you got like so personally from a from a purely like uh, you know Jordan centered perspective. You've, you're vaccinated you're not you have no fear of COVID yeah 19. well yeah i mean me and my wife are both vaccinated yeah. and we're way past the two weeks now yeah um i never like in the, the whole time i never really feared anything it was more yeah. just like well i just don't want to get my biggest fear i guess if anything is like, i just didn't want to get anyone else sick that couldn't handle it yeah, yeah right so uh now it's kind of on everyone if you don't get vaccinated and it's your own choice <laughs> right so um if you want to be walk around freely and do whatever then you make your own choices and let's go (laughs) yeah no that's good i uh it was i don't know just unrelated i was surprised at how relieved i was that actual numbers have been dropping down Mm -hmm. like just how low they are right now yeah and how i don't know it does feel like we've reached a point where it's like yeah maybe we've i mean the delta 
bearing this uh delta variant but like it's yeah. just like like i'm i'm vaccinated like from my, my me perspective it's just like all right well i did my part right <laughs> yeah what so, I, was, I was talking to my wife today we were driving to a like your friends just to meet up with some friends they had a pool so then buddy yeah. over today i said like, oh yeah I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my way <laughs> chill out with them it's actually white brian oh yeah white brian i haven't literally haven't seen him in like four years yeah i haven't seen him since my like, wedding probably yeah um no a few few days after your wedding because i borrowed a jersey from him oh that's right yeah uh anyway we went, we went there today but i was talking to my wife on the way there and i was like uh one thing that i've noticed is you see you're not seeing too like as much like covid content especially like on yeah. twitter or whatever yeah and the numbers that you see are like again they're it's they're positive they're going down and everything yeah yeah and um i was telling you, I was kind of shocked like like covid obviously didn't end as of july 1st but no uh it's one of those things like well how did i expect like covid was going to end like just one day it's just going to just kind of slowly just dissipate and you're not going to hear about it anymore and maybe like maybe this is it who knows it could be something else can flare up and where we go again but as of now like it seems like good signs so yeah i'll stay positive and hopefully we're out of the we're out of the shit well you you did your part jordan you did mm. your part both yourself and your wife did their part yeah so i yeah good good to hear yeah I'm, I'm happy to say like my whole everyone in my like immediate family has all been vaccinated and we can we feel we can see each other freely and like my dad my mom or my sorry my mother-in-law my aunt and uncle so yeah i have zero worries at this point yeah not so much on my end um <laughs> i i'm i'm double vaxxed my wife will be double vaxxed and that's about it i think my uh sister-in-law or future sister-in-law is also vaccine everybody else is like yeah man good times all right oh hey guess what i did today what guess did what do? i did i picked cherries no oh. <laughs> why <laughs> uh my i gotta help my mother-in-law she's oh, okay. got a lot of yeah so i picked cherries do you guys have raspberries out there yeah Ooh, see i like raspberries i hate cherries it must be a, a consistency thing like i kind of like cherry coke cherries are good you just haven't had good cherries i feel have, i i feel raspberries are superior to the cherry am i wrong like i wonder how many people would say like they'd much rather have raspberries than cherries my wife for really? sure yeah yeah, yeah we have raspberries I don't know if they'll be ready when you're here. But... Put the put. This would be a good time to promote the social media. Put the poll up on the social media. Raspberries or poll. cherries? Oh wait, wait. Uh, because of my back in the dark ages, you're gonna need to put that poll up. Oh okay. Uh, but you can promote the. I don't. What is it? The Instagram. Oh yeah, follow us on Instagram now. We we just started it. It's uh. Hey, don't touch that pod. Hey, don't touch that pod. That is our Instagram handle. So we're going to try to put more content out. We're going to try to promote this podcast a little more. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I I listened to you, uh, your guys' last episode, the one that where I missed. Yeah. Uh, well, let's say missed. I was basically said, I can't do that day. And you're like, too bad. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one thing. But it was, I, I really enjoyed the interview. It was really good. Uh, yeah. I actually talked to James over this yesterday. Uh, it was a while until I heard James, <laughs> like during the interview. It's always like, nice. A surprise he's there. Yeah, but it was a good. It was a really good podcast. Yeah. Uh, cool. I like I said, the top three you guys did was ridiculous. That 
nobody even mentioned Robin Regeer in this for the, especially for our generation, a guy that just like molested Alice Hemsky for like years doesn't get put on the list. I forgot about him. Honestly, I don't know if that's more of an indictment on uh, how forgettable Robin Regeer was or how forgettable Alice Hemsky was. I mean, come on now when he has no one else helping him out. Hey, I love, uh, yeah, Hemsky, you know what? You the man. Yeah, no, I picked uh, picked cherries today. It was a long, hard day, hard day of uh, of manual labor. Did you get paid for it? Oh yeah, I did. You know what it's called? Free rent. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna try to tie into a little bit of like slavery thing, but no, I guess you're working for room and board, just like back yeah. in the day. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I had one of those like so, of all the fruit pickers out here. They have this bucket that they were in front of them. And you just pick your fruit in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have pay, we have these like bucket buckets. Mm-hmm. And it was only recently that Craig got one and uh, I used it today. It was awesome. How uh, how many cherries do you think you picked today? I, I don't know how many cherries I picked. They just estimate like a thousand. Uh, yeah, probably around a thousand cherries. And your fingers must hurt. No. no do you no. wear gloves? No. They're, it's just my fingers were sticky and black and then I washed them and now they're fine. Mm, you'll okay. you'll see all the cherries well actually no they'll be picked before when you get here good right nice. yeah oh, yeah because we'll be coming up there soon to do some live do some live episodes oh i can't wait great Ra- asked me today she said what's your favorite episode so far i was like you know what my favorite episode was the live the only live one we did with you me and aj <laughs> because <laughs> it's just things going to go off the rails a lot quicker <laughs> and we were drinking too so well, hopefully we can get a couple more of those down when we're when we're out there yeah that'd be nice that'd be okay. nice all right well we got a really great interview uh guest coming up for this episode of the podcast uh we're just going to do a couple of things before we you know bring our guest on and uh the first segment we're going to do is about last week all right jordan what are our three what are our headlines this week three items okay so I, I guess we have three maybe five depending on how you look at it but the first one is just to kind of carry off what we talked about the Last episode, you and me talked was the whole maybe what's going to happen with Canada Day. Should it be canceled? Should it not? Uh, nothing's really officially been canceled. Canada Day happened. It came. Uh, I think most municipalities chose to just forego fireworks or sell like real big events. Uh, I will say like the positives from it is the people that wanted to bring awareness to uh, uh which, how do you put that? The events with the unmarked graves, let's put it that way. Uh, you mean the kids that died at residential school? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they they amassed together and they put their orange shirts on and uh, they did some walks. Uh, I, I couldn't find the news story, but I'm pretty sure there was, I've, we talked before this, that there was, yeah. a, uh, they almost teamed it up with like a vaccine. Like if you haven't got your vaccination yet, you can come get vaccinated and go for the walk and everything, which yeah, uh, I thought was like, good. <laughs> it's a great Brilliant. thing. Uh, I will say too, uh, there are lots of people that still want to celebrate Canada Day, which I agree with because um, kind of just reiterate my point from last week. There's lots of reasons why people want to celebrate, whether your parents immigrated to this country. Or, like the reason why we have a chance to cancel Canada Day is because we live in a country like Canada. So just wanted to put that out there. But, I want to. Can I add something? Yeah, you can add that. My wife said that uh, she wanted to basically shed notes for that episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. she's her her and james they must be uh 
must be in cahoots. But she was like, she basically said, you know, you guys are coming at it wrong. It's not canceling Canada Day, but it's kind of reflecting on um, what happened and reflecting, like just changing the narrative on Canada Day. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a better way to put it. But yeah. the narrative that, like, not the narrative we were trying to say, but like the reports coming out, it was like literally canceling Canada. They didn't want to set like, it shouldn't be called Canada anymore. Which I was like, no, that's not right. Like, let's uh, recognize what happened. Obviously, we can't change it. And then there needs to be something done about it, as in like the, the history. It needs to be recognized in history, at least. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think I sent you a tweet, and maybe we'll uh, figure a way to put that out there. But the one from I think Jason Greger posted it. Not uh, was a long spiel, but that, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. I again, I probably <laughs> probably saw it, and then. I haven't been on social media. Mm-hmm. So, the, but uh, one thing I did find out, sorry, just, mm-hmm. just to say, so they set uh, September 30th as the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. So there is actually going to be a statutory holiday. Oh, nice. Um, is, it re- what's it, is it replacing, like, what's September Labor Day? Or is it just you're going to have a second stat on that day? Week, you're going to have a second stat. Uh, or maybe they're taking out one somewhere along the line. Like, um, I don't think so. Oh, well. I, we'll, 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 uh, we'll probably we'll, once our uh, close friends and family listen to this, we'll probably get corrected and uh, they'll let us know whether or not we got a new stat. Okay, not canceled. So yeah, no, we have a new. So it's a uh, to recognize it's a day of uh, truth and re- reconciliation. So nice. Okay, well now that the other way, another big thing that happens on July first, regardless of Canada Day, that cannot be canceled, no. <laughs> is Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. You know about Bobby Bonilla Day? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. for those that don't know, Bobby Bonilla was uh, a baseball player. He was an all-star back in the day. And he signed a monstrous contract. But in uh, basically, the contract was so big, he ended up just getting bought out <laughs> by the New York Mets. No, 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 no. They wanted to buy him out. They wanted to buy him out, yeah. Oh, sorry. They bought him out. But uh, instead of, do you mind if I finish this? Uh, yeah, go give her. Okay, so they basically said, "Hey, can we just take your pay you back your six million dollars later?" Because mm-hmm. that was what his buyout was, and he's like, "No, actually, you don't have to pay me back for ten years. But then after that ten years is up, once I you'll pay me one million dollars for how many years was it?" So basically, it's each July first since twenty eleven, uh, they yeah. gotta pay him one point one nine million. Yeah, all the way until twenty thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> So what's that? Twenty four years. Yeah, so he'll be somehow... seventy. He'll be seventy two, and the last payment is made. That's awesome. That's great. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So for uh, if you guys want to learn more about Bobby Bonilla Day, um, NPR, so National Public National Public Radio, mm-hmm. has a podcast called Money Sense or Planet Money, not Money Sense, Planet Money, and they uh, did a podcast on Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, and they actually got to talk to Bobby Bonilla himself. So <laughs> he must be happy as shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's, he's made, he made a lot of money in his career and this mm-hmm. way was the way he looked at it was this is a way to set himself up oh, so that sure. he would always have money coming in. Yeah. So it's like a retirement plan. It, exactly. Yeah. And it worked out for the Mets too. If you think about it, actually the way they, they said that uh, if you took the, if you discounted how much he was ultimately going to get into the present period and about uh it works out to be they actually got a deal but anyway listen to the episode actually i'm gonna just stop talking about it because i actually don't remember and totally understand so yeah 
Well, I thought that was a little fun thing to throw in there, basically. Well, if, it's not, if it's not Canada Day, well, I guess it will be over 2035, but Bobby Bonilla Day will always exist. Yeah, until 2035. Um, and lastly, let's just up, we're just going to give a quick update of the NBA and NHL finals. Uh, in the NHL, it's not looking good for Montreal. They're down 0-3. Uh, they have one more game in Montreal, potentially, assuming they... Um, Assuming they don't win, it uh, looks like Tampa Bay is probably going to sweep them and win their second back-to-back Stanley Cups. Oh, yeah. Quarantine Tampa, man. The bubble, yeah. like Tampa Bay is, damn. Yep. That's real. That's awesome. Uh, and they are still 19 over a million. What is it, 18 or 19 million over the cap right now? So so there should be an asterisk over this. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this before. I don't think there should be because they're kind of just, Chicago did the same thing not too like when they won their cup, so. Anyway, and then uh, we have an NBA final set. It'll be the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns. When did the Bucks win? Uh, I think today or yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I just read the the headline. Uh, Saturday, July third. Yeah, today one eighteen to one oh seven. Wow. Yeah. Good time. And then hey, last. A... Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Go sorry. ahead. Yeah, I'm pumped. I I can't. I Who I you like here. I think. Uh, they're both kind of equal but i'm i'm cheering for the suns because i want oh. chris ball to win yeah i was gonna say i'm cheering for the suns too as yeah. if you were gonna pick the bucks we should have bet something yeah no 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 bucks are yeah kind of i like the suns the suns were like when i was younger suns were like my favorite team mainly because my parents had a timeshare in arizona <laughs> so we'd go there i'd get all like i remember getting a shack basketball where you get like his handprint was on it. yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like oh, taco man, bell. it's huge <laughs> uh was it from taco bell yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I got it. It's from. blue, right? I got it in, yeah, it was blue and gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it in Phoenix. Wow. Along with like a Shaq jersey and shorts. So you're a big Phoenix Suns fan, but yeah, I had a more of a Shaq person. fan, but I'm, I, I do like the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Uh, uh, which I don't even know what I'm talking about. That, that, I did get that in Phoenix, but he doesn't didn't even play for Phoenix at the time. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> He's played for the Suns before. He did, but later in his career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like and but I just like the Suns. I was a big yeah. Dan Marley fan though. Thunder Dan Marley. The white guy, not the yeah. black guy. Uh okay, and lastly, I know you want to touch on this. The rumors in Edmonton of the possible the possibility of Duncan Keith coming to town in a trade. Ooh, baby. Um what do you think? Do you like it? Uh depends you on like what they the give idea. up. Yeah, yeah I, do I like the idea? Yeah. <sighs> I like the narrative that okay. So the reason he's he's even they this is even coming up is because he wants to be closer to uh, his son and his family in BC, mm-hmm. and he also wants to be on a competitive team. So that's why he's not playing for the Canucks. I yeah I don't know. Oh, why would why would like why are they even mentioning Seattle then? Pardon? Because they're saying the two teams right now are Seattle and Edmonton. Well, yeah, because Seattle. Might have a better team than the Vancouver. <laughs> okay. I don't well, know. Uh, I, these rumors are always hard to take. Like, you don't know De- what's going to happen. So, it really depends on what they give up. I'd right? be open to it depending on when we see yeah. the deal, but we'll have to wait and see. So, what's the rumor right now? What's the, what are they going to trade them? It's some sort of combination of like Duncan, we're going to get Duncan Keith and possibly uh, Dylan Strom. Okay, yeah, yeah. For some combination of Caleb Jones, Miko Koskinen, and whatever else they got to give up to make that happen, right? Oh, that's not bad. No, but you're, deal. Yeah, you're getting two more years though of Duncan Keith. 
but you're also probably going to, it sounds like you're losing Clefbaum. Yeah, but that was going to happen anyway. Well, they don't know, but yeah, it sounds like that's probably going to yeah. happen. So if, the, if they're getting Keith, they're probably going to be losing Clefbaum. So we'll have yeah. to wait and see. It'll be interesting offseason, I think, for the Oilers. I think it's a good, like hockey-wise, it's neutral. You're you're basically paying a third-pairing guy like five million bucks. Yeah, he's like five point. Uh, can't remember what he is. Five point eight, I think. That gets your cap, years. but he gets. Uh, but in real money, it's going to be less, right? Because he's his deal was very front-loaded. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm not entirely certain. But... It's not a bad move if you want mentorship and just like I don't know how much people maybe value or overvalue um, like playoff experience, but the guys won what two Stanley cups. Yeah. Two. That's right. Yeah. Two Stanley cups. And I think it matters less if your team really sucks and they're not even going to the playoffs. Like when we got, uh, what's that guy's name? Oh shit. It's going to play for the Bruins. He was our captain. Played for the Bruins. It was our cat. Oh, Andrew Ferentz. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah, Ferentz is going to teach him how to compete. It's just like, no, nobody's teaching that team how to compete. But it's nice to have playoff experience on your team and like a third pairing guy. And you've got young defensemen coming up. So, yeah. The problem, I think this has the problem for Chicago is they don't want to take any money back oh, because okay. I think they, they really want to try to uh, sign Seth Jones or maybe even Dougie Hamilton. Seth Jones. Yeah, hence why like getting Caleb Jones back might be a good thing. Right? Oh, we have your brother too. I guess it'll be a dynamic duo back there. Okay, so. okay. So, are the Oilers? Uh, would they be in the running for Seth Jones? I, I'd go for that. I, I, I just think a trade for him, we'd be giving up a lot. Like, what I mean, would he's you? Not a, oh, he's not. A, no, he just said he doesn't want to resign in Columbus, right? Oh, okay. So they still they're going to be trading him, but uh, he's he's like one of the best defensemen in the league. So. <laughs> He's gonna cost a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Keith. Uh, he has a Keith's full five point five million per contract. So he has two yeah. more years at five point five. Yeah, he's that's just a cap hit, right? No, like, wow, well, it says. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it doesn't say it just as five point five. So uh, we'll have to see. Anyway. We'll All right, that's it. Well, why don't we? Uh, thanks, Jordan. Why don't we bring on uh, bring on our guest? Okay, let's take a break. quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, our guest. All right, we're back. So, Jordan, why don't I allow you to introduce our upcoming guest? Our yeah. guest. He's not upcoming. He's here. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's right in front of us. Uh, he is a fellow Age of Empire lover. <laughs> uh, I know that because we play together. Um, he's a good friend of ours. Uh, let's welcome to the show, Matt Church. Matt, how are you? Hello, thank you. I don't think I'm quite as good of an Age of Empires player as you are. I think you carry well, me. Probably not now. When we first started, Matt was definitely <laughs> a lot better than me. But he just seems to have been playing other games while I exclusively play Age of Empires. Yeah, you've been What's... grinding it hard. Yeah. What's Age of Empires? Oh, Brian. Matt, you explain it to him. Explain it to him like you'd explain it to a noob. (laughs) Noobie. I'm going to be honest. uh, Age of Empires and Age of Empires 2, I actually didn't play it when it first came out. So this is like, I'm I'm going back in time. Uh, I think it came out in the early 2000s. Is that okay. Correct? Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, it's a strategy game uh, made by Microsoft. Uh, okay. And it, 
it focused it's a real-time strategy game so you're playing like moving armies around you're you're advancing your technologies through the, the ages right and you're trying to conquer your foes is it like starcraft yeah it's exactly yeah. like starcraft but it's like kind of rooted in historical civilizations so you can play as like the turks and yeah like, the aztecs the and... aztecs and yeah yeah. You, you can be the uh i don't know are the chinese a civilization i know japanese yeah, are i think so um the vietnamese are for sure yeah it's like it's all the big players like how many do, do they have now in the new one they have they have lots like the yeah, mongols the britons yeah it's like at least like 30 different choices uh, yeah it's pretty pretty extensive um Interesting. but yeah, i'm not very good at it <laughs> you no lied problem. anyway um <laughs> let's start off uh brian what are we gonna start off with as we uh, normally do with all our guests, we're going to do our beer review. Okay, everyone's got their beers? Mm-hmm, we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Matt, you're the guest. You go first. All right, so uh, I found this in my fridge. I actually don't know where it came from, but it <laughs> is from a brewery out of Portland. Uh, Ooh. I think. No, maybe not Portland. It says Newcastle in Portland, Maine. Okay, so this is in Maine. I guess the U.S. just has cities that are called the same thing all over the place. Uh, and it is called Low Bush. And it is a, <laughs> a farmhouse ale with blueberries. Uh, and it is by the Oxbow Brewing Company. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Anything found on the Low Bush is good with me. <laughs> yeah, I like the name. <laughs> um, okay, right on. Brian, what do you got? So this is a special episode. So I've got the... I'd crush that uh, sour beer. It's from Ooh, the a sour oh, beer. Sours, yeah. yeah. Do, do you from... like sours? Okay, I'll tell you this. I think like the original sour beers when they when like people were first getting into it, the first time I had a sour beer, I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Like the kettle sours. Yeah. First time I had one, we were in uh, Portland, Portland, Oregon, not mm-hmm. Portland, Maine. Yeah. And it was like we were. It was a recommendation. Um, from one of our friends before we went to Portland, he was just like, "You should go to this brewery because they're one of the few breweries out there that do sour beers." And uh, and then we went on to this other, we went on this uh, beer tour, and it was there was another beer that did sour beer or another place that did sour beer. So that was my first sour beer. Anyway, it was good, but now I find that like, they remind me of juices. Yeah. Hey, okay? do you find that like it just reminds me like this one's gonna taste like juice? This is gonna be disgust. I mean, that's disgusting. This is gonna be really good. You think there's like super sweet, you mean? Yeah, it's just like for a beer. It's like, it's not what I'm expecting. It, I think it should be its own drink, right? It, you shouldn't call it a beer. Hmm. Nonetheless, this one's really cool. It has a puffer fish. And it, as my daughter was like, oh, that, why is Nemo on there? So it's also <laughs> uh, targeted towards kids. That's good. Mm, interesting. I crush that. I crush that. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going actually pretty plain Jane this week. I'm still in the Big Rock Taster Pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm this week. I'm hitting the grasshopper beer, the wheat ale. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, it is a classic. classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what it tastes like, so this should be a good, decent review. I remember the last, well, whatever the Big Rock beer I had last week or two weeks ago was delicious, and I really loved it. So, that, yeah, that was kind of my go-to beer for a long time. Uh, the the Big Rock. Yeah, before we had so many like small breweries in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like Big Rock that, or Alley Cat that was the one to go for, right? Yeah. And I will yeah, say, was... I had a 
yesterday I had a megawatt NEPA. Oh fuck. A what? A megawatt NEPA. A NEPA is a New England India pale ale, Brian. Just so, so it has its uh, own like category of, of beer i guess so i never heard of it until james came on and started drinking them but i had one last night and it was quite good so it's james's I get, favorite i get beer. why he likes it did it make you feel like more of an asshole afterwards do you no, feel I, more pretentious i felt like a one percenter after i drank it nice <laughs> what can i say <laughs> all right cheers gentlemen cheers. okay so matt this is where we talk about you so how do we know you again? Can you just uh, let's remind the audience how we met, Matt? How did we meet? Uh, probably through Monique. Yes. Yeah, I think a I former think, guest. Yeah, a former oh, guest. Uh, what episode is that? Like twenty-two or something? Yeah, no, she. No. You don't 22? think it was that high? I would think it's lower. Uh, I'll bring it up. You guys keep oh, episode thirteen. Yeah. 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 Go check that one out. Just So Monique. So you. Uh, so we know you because we know Monique, and you are currently. Uh, her common law partner in cahoots. Yeah, in cahoots. Yeah, in cahoots. yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. We have a house together. We got some beautiful cats together. Uh, making a life, you know, making it work. Making it work. <laughs> That's awesome. And you guys met. It's like she told us your uh, how you guys met overseas, mm-hmm. and it turns out you guys lived in Edmonton, and then she held off calling you or something. Yeah, it's something like that. So. Uh, I was in Germany, like it's the first time I went to Germany. My uh, my Oma wanted to do like a family trip there while she was still like mobile and, you know, young. Uh, okay. And so I went on this like river cruise thing uh, down the Danube, and that was that was awesome. It was, it was fun, but it's like you're on a Europe trip with your family. So there's like a, a barrier to how fun it can get, right? Gotcha. Uh, and after that, I was like, well, I'm going to stick around for a, a little bit and, and do my own thing. Uh, see a few of the cities that we hadn't seen before. Uh, so I did a, another week uh, there. And the last day of the trip, uh, I was in a hostel in Frankfurt. And I was going to like fly out the next day. Uh, and I'm walking into the hostel. And there's these two ladies in front of me. And they're talking English which is like people speak English in Germany, but you know, you don't expect to hear Canadian English. Right. Uh, and they're talking about the butter dorm. And so we, <laughs> we all get in this, the same lift, the same elevator and they're talking about it. I'm like, there's only one place in the world that names something, the butter dome. They got to be from Edmonton. <laughs> and, and so I start up a conversation and we, we had some beers and we, we hung out for most of the night and it was a fun time. Uh, Monique drank a little bit too much, so she went to bed early. Well, that uh, lush. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then that was kind of the last I saw her for like over a year. Uh, and, you know, a year later, we were like, you know, we, we never played board games. We said we were going to like meet up when we got back in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, I invited her to play some games. And that was uh, Matt. Right on. What so let's just we can actually lead the whole board game thing kind of Mm -hmm. into my next question. Let's get into your profession because I think it's one of the uh, you're one of the guys that when like if when I was a kid I was like I want to make video games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all I want to do, and you actually do it for a living. Correct? Is that um, yeah yeah? Um, uh, You you can get more in depth because obviously I'm just kind of being plain Jane with it. But why don't you uh, tell us how you got into it and 
like what exactly it is you do and what you worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brian, you mentioned StarCraft earlier. Did you play a lot of StarCraft or? My brother, my brother played, played a lot of StarCraft. My cousins, my cousin lived in, I think, Korea for a bit. Holy crap. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's their national sport, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's crazy there. They have, like, yeah. arenas, and it's, like, bigger than, like, the Super Bowl. And Yeah, so yeah. my family's all down with StarCraft. My buddies play StarCraft. I never got into it. I just, computer games in general, I was not... Uh, not not into as much yeah. looking at brian you'd think he'd be into it but <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> well, it's a, you know uh, different strokes for different folks right uh, i'm kind of the opposite of that growing up i was like really into computer games like from a very early age uh both my parents were working a lot so i, I spent, oh, yeah. spent my days in, in daycare and after school uh, and they had a computer, you know, like one computer between the like 40 kids that were there. So you'd have yeah. to like book your time in. Uh, and I was just every opportunity available. I was booking time in to, to play on that computer. You're playing like, you know, classic like DOS games like Hugo's Haunted House. And like, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like once they got there's a lot of change happening at that age. Right. Like computers were getting better very quickly right so you, you yeah. go from like these text adventures to like these crazy like 16-bit graphics right? playing like commander keen and anyways i i loved these games as a kid um and i grew up on a block where i had uh three other guys the same age as me and we just spent like all day every day playing n64 together you know super smash bros <laughs> whatever game was out right zelda um and i knew pretty early on i was like you know i i just play a lot of games i like games so maybe i can make money doing this or make a living doing that um and and that's kind of my origin story with that i, I, I thought maybe somebody can pay me to do this somebody's making these games you know yeah yeah where did did you have to Obviously, you went through some sort of schooling for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you take that at the U of A, or did you go to Nate, or Norquest? I don't know like what place mm-hmm. carries video game making. Yeah, so when I was looking at this, you know, this was like almost 15 years ago now. Yeah. Um, video game school wasn't really a thing. Like, there weren't, there weren't schools... Uh, uh, not not as big or popular as now, that's for sure. But there yeah. wasn't like a path, one path you would take uh, to to figure out how to make games because it's a, a whole bunch of different disciplines, right? You have like designers, you have producers, you have programmers, you have QA, you have all these different disciplines like meshing together to create this crazy art, right? And um, at the time. You know, you remember career counselors, like high school counselors? What, yeah. what did your high school counselors say you should be? What did they recommend to you? Mortician. Mortician? Did they actually say uh, that to you? That was one of the jobs that uh, I, I had after a career survey. I don't remember any of mine. Yeah. Definitely wasn't plumber, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I... I can't remember what mine said, but it certainly wasn't like anything related to video games. That wasn't even on their radar, right? They're like, ah, whatever. Um, but I, I quickly like found out you could go to do these specialized uh, programs where you'd like go to Vancouver Film School, uh, right? And it wasn't like 
it's not a bachelor's degree. It's like a two-year program or something like that. And it, it can be quite expensive even back then. Uh, and, you know, because I, I thought maybe I wanted to design these games because I, I had tons of opinions about what was good and what was bad. And, like, I think a lot of people who play games inherently want to design them, right? They, they think, like, oh, I know how to do this better. Um, but I forget if it was my parents or my friends who were like, yeah, you should, like, do something more employable, right? Like hedge yeah. your bet a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can do computer programming because I was always like good at computer stuff. I'd never yeah. done any computer programming. So I went to U of A and computing science there. Uh, and that that's kind of the, the route I took. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but not nothing really specifically tailored at video games. I just kind of got lucky that the U of A has a pretty good feeder program uh, because of Bioware. Uh, yeah. There's there's some like history behind the the school and, and Bioware working together. So So really? just just for the mm-hmm. uh, benefit of our listeners who may not be familiar who, what or who is Bioware? Yeah, Bioware is like a Edmonton success story uh and and like a major uh, game development company. So they made uh, so, their probably most popular titles are uh, the Dragon Age series and the Mass Effect series, and you mm-hmm. know more more recently Anthem, and yeah, a few other titles. But those hey, are kind Star- of the big ones. Everybody yeah, is everyone's yelling Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So <laughs> yeah, I the only reason I don't mention it, it it doesn't come to mind because I actually didn't play it when it came out. Like I, I it flew under my radar. So okay. but I, I know that it has a very popular fan base, uh, very yeah. vocal fan base. So yeah, <laughs> good for mentioning that. Uh, but uh, it's kind of funny because it was founded by uh, three doctors. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I. Some of them are still kicking around Edmonton, doing like awesome ventures. Uh, like Greg Zeschuk, uh, one of the Bioware doctors, uh, he created the, the Blind Enthusiasm Brewery just like up the road from me, uh, in like the Ritchie Market, and it's a super interesting venture that that guy really likes brewing his beers. <laughs> mm. Wow! So you went from taking computer science at the U of A and then you landed a job with Bioware. What was your first position there? Like what what did you, how did you break into the business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't start working at Bioware immediately after school. So, okay. Yeah. I, I I had to take a different route. So, uh, there was one internship available at Bioware when I was applying for internships as part of my program. And yeah. I was not the top student, so I did not get that one. I, I know the guy who got it, super smart guy, so no, no hard feelings there. But um, yeah, so I had to find another route. So I did it like a year and a half uh, internship on a graduate research project at the U of A. So like kind of the academic route for a bit. Um, yeah. And But that, that got me some good connections. It got me a good recommendation. I took the... Bioware programmers test and they're like like well you're not done school yet like you did okay uh, we're gonna recommend you do a, a co-op with EA uh, and EA owns Bioware at the time right oh wow uh, and that for people who don't know EA is like a massive uh, video game company like they publish like EA sports titles yeah like FIFA <laughs> NHL UFC I think those are the games you guys probably play the most right Madden 
Yeah, Madden. Madden. Yeah, oh, yeah. Post Madden. Uh, and so that brought me out to Vancouver. So I did an eight-month internship uh, on FIFA, FIFA 13. Um, so I had to look at the, the wall. They give you these, like, plaques when you ship a game. Um, <laughs> and so, so I did that for eight months. I wasn't done my, my degrees. They're like, no, no, just stay, in, stay and keep working. I'm like, eh, I should probably finished my degree otherwise my, my parents will probably be disappointed to so not you know get at least my, a bachelor's right um, right and so i went back i finished my, my last year and then i went back to vancouver so i like moved back and forth like twice uh and i joined the fifa team there for a bit uh and that was another year and i decided you know like I am not super passionate about FIFA, right? I'm, is it just because it's a the type of game it is, like it's a sports game, or like yeah. you're more into a different type of game? Yeah, there's there's definitely that. So uh, I'll say I'd never played FIFA before joining the team. I played NHL, like I played mm-hmm. like NHL '95, like crazy, right? Yeah. Like like <laughs> yeah. like most kids growing up in Edmonton, I was a big fan of hockey and the Oilers at the time. Right? It's like it was just the thing to be. Uh, so I definitely knew about what they were doing there, but I was on FIFA and I was surrounded by passionate people, like half of which were Canadian. Most of the people working on FIFA are, they come to work on FIFA from like South America, from, from Europe, right? Like this, this is a dream job for them. And like, I was, I was passionate about, uh, making a good game, but like, these aren't the types of games that I play. So like you can only be so passionate about a project when, when it's not the, the type of game you play in your free time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I said, you know, and I, I grew up playing these kind of RPGs that BioWare was making. It was back in Edmonton. I had family yeah. and friends there. It seemed like the, the obvious choice. And it's a lot easier too to transition between roles if you're already in the company. Yeah. Uh, so I so I applied to uh, something at Bioware and I, I landed it and that's kind of how I made my way over there. Sorry for like the longest tangent on how I got to Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's so that's when you're when you're uh, like you said you joined the FIFA team. Mm-hmm. So like if you just stayed where you were, would you just continue working on like FIFA 14, 15, 16, just keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, not to knock it, like like FIFA is one of the most profitable games ever made, mm-hmm. right? Like it, yeah. it pays the bills, it keeps the lights on for a lot of people at EA, and mm-hmm. allows them to, to take uh, risks on projects that that don't pan out, which I think is really important. Um, and like I said, for people who are passionate about it, that that's their dream job, right? But mm-hmm. if you're if you're working on that every year, like you're putting out a game every year. Um, it's it's not the same kind of creative energy that you get from working on kind of longer term projects mm-hmm. like the Bioware projects. You'd be working on those for four to eight years before they come out, right? It's a different type of game development. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like with FIFA and all sports games, like not to not to uh, just shit on an entire industry, but mm-hmm. it's a seventy eighty dollar roster up for a lot of us yeah it takes yeah. them a, it takes them a whole year to update that number on the front 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then you get, you get some new players, and then they throw in like the odd, oh, you can do this new maneuver, and then mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. just give us your eighty dollars, and people pay it because it's new so online sp- and new online features now. So like, there's that. Yeah, or, or even like more nefariously, if you look at um, like the Wii U title they released, mm-hmm. I think they released basically the same game like multiple years in a row. That there was some controversy surrounding it. I think it was like FIFA, like. 14 or FIFA 15 on the on the Wii U uh, where I think it was like a pretty minimum amount of resources put into the title uh, <laughs> and, it, and it's just really just a roster update so so when people joke about that it does happen there's more more work going into kind of the mainline uh, products like like the the console versions uh, like the Xbox and PlayStation and PC version but yeah it's crazy how much stuff like rosters bug sports fans. I mean, it should. But, like, mm-hmm. you can just make the moves yourself, but it takes mm-hmm. way too much time, so I'm just going to pay someone else to do yeah. it, really. Yeah. I I don't know. It's, that's kind of – that's very – okay, at the risk of – that's noble of you. For Like, a lot of people, again, would take that job, myself included, and if I'm doing the same game every year, it's like, yeah, I'm not risking this. This is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the most high prestige. It's a high prestige position within the company too. So that's really, uh, that's pretty interesting. My, my cousin worked for EA in Vancouver or mm-hmm. wherever. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. If, yeah. But he was uh, working on, at the time, it was NBA Live. And then they ended up discontinuing it. So I guess you can't, shouldn't take things like FIFA for granted necessarily. So you... We're able to work at, uh, you maybe basically went into Bioware. Tell us a little bit about that. So it was, what was your most, I guess, what was your favorite project working for Bioware? Yeah. Um, I came in at a really good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I joined around 2014. So that was right at the tail end of Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, which uh, turned out to be a very successful project in, in a few different ways. Like I won a few awards. I think it was pretty financially successful. Um, and at the same time, there was two other projects going. So they had this like three project rotation. So they had Dragon Age, they had Mass Effect, and then they had Anthem. Um, and, and so I got to like to see all three of those projects go through different stages of development. Uh, and like I really enjoyed uh, my time working on all of those projects. Like they okay. all were cool in their own way. Um, and I got to like do different things. Uh, my, my role at the company was v- uh, on a central team. So I got to not only like look at Bioware projects, but I also got to look at EA wide projects. Uh, right. So mm-hmm. we were developing a technology that lets you, um, that they created like a, a repository of video. So, so anybody who's testing or playing one of the developers playing the game uh, the video gets automatically recorded and sent to the central location. And this is technology that they wanted across like all of the EA projects. So I got to like dive in and help out on like one of the PGA games, uh, oh. help out with the Madden folks. Like I got yeah. to like uh, Battlefield, like you get to see all these different projects and it's such a global company too. So you're working yeah. with people all over the place. So I think that was probably my favorite part about it was just uh, you get to, you know, I'm like 20, how old would I have been? I'm like, like 24. 
like just feeling like a baller, like traveling, <laughs> to, like, traveling to all these different cities and like meeting these teams. I mean, like, yeah, let's like let's take this cool technology that we're using on like Mass Effect and like figure out a way to make it work in Madden and like and like to great success, right? Mm-hmm. So, or I got to go to to Sweden and talk about it at conferences there. I got to go like to Vancouver a few times to Montreal. Like the the, the travel felt super baller <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and it was just nice you know um we got a patent out of that so that was like a really cool accomplishment kind of earlier in my career to oh wow to like just put it on the wall and say like hey this is something that we did and so yeah. damn so so then it was uh so you worked it was a four years in total at bioware yeah, yeah and then, 2014 so- to 2018-ish Damn. So you, uh, so if you don't mind me asking about the next stage of your career, you ended up leaving Bioware. Mm-hmm. Every single computer game nerd is probably saying, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you want to leave Bioware? This is a high prestige company." And what, what do you, where did you go? Did you go to another video game company, Matt? Uh, yes and no. So, so one of the main motivators. Uh, leaving Bioware for me like I, I was happy with my job but going back to kind of the earlier days I'd always kind of wanted to work on my own project right, right. I'd always wanted to to have like full creative control over my own piece right uh, and when you're working in a big company like that you're you can do interesting things but you're very much a piece of the puzzle you're a cog in a machine and there's only yeah. so much influence you can exert right on on a project uh and especially since my role wasn't really in a creative area of the project it was more of a tools role right, right. um so so i said hey like if i'm not gonna do this now like when am i ever gonna do this right i would in, in a way it was kind of like a quarter life crisis where i'm like oh shit i'm like i'm hitting 30 soon like oh man it's only gonna get harder to like take risks right like if i ever yeah. If I ever have a family or or have like dependents that are that are expecting me to like have a reliable job, then I got to do this stuff now, right? Uh, so that was kind of the main motivation there. And, and uh, Bioware and, and EA in general, uh, when you're working for them, they want you to they want that energy put towards their projects, right? Uh, so it was kind of a a bad fit at that point where I was like, hey, I want to do this thing. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to work that way. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to find somebody who's going to let me do this. Uh, <laughs> so Edmonton has a pretty burgeoning tech sector in a lot of ways, like compared to some of the bigger cities, like, like Vancouver and Montreal and Toronto. So I found this company called uh, Sirius labs. Uh, and there's a handful of like, ex-gaming people there, uh, but this company does virtual reality uh, training simulators. So yeah. it's like using gaming technology to train people how to operate cranes and forklifts and like drive trucks and stuff like that. Like all, all of these like dangerous things that are hard to teach somebody and expensive to teach somebody. We're like, hey, we got this cool new virtual reality tech. We can build the hardware to match exactly what the real cab feels like we can put the d-box actuators to rumble 
then and have it match the the game that you're playing, and then we can do all, all sorts of crazy shit. You can uh, you can bowl with a, with a tower crane in a downtown environment and set up like a bowling simulator, so you can get really good at moving this wrecking ball, right? And you can't do that in real life because you're gonna like mess up and hurt somebody. But in here, you can like you can gain those motor skills. You can learn everything you need to do. Um, yeah, so. So this this company was willing to let me do part time work like like three days a week kind of thing, uh, and I, I said, hey, that sounds great, uh, and so I suddenly had two days a week to kind of work on whatever I wanted to work on, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's kind of the next chapter of of my career there, right? Are, are you, sorry, Ryan. Uh, and did you start? Did you end up starting anything like your own project? Like- mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first problem I ran into, and something like I don't think I really anticipated, I, I always thought like the barrier to me doing something was, um, like just getting the time to do it. Yeah. But if anybody's ever been their own boss, it's it's like the hardest part isn't doing it. The hardest part is deciding what to do. Oh, you have okay, all this. Yeah. You have all this time now. Like, how are you going to spend it? How are you going to be the most impactful? Right. Mm-hmm. Like. You don't want to waste it doing something that isn't, you know, going to be good. Or like, um, I was looking at the indie game scene, which had changed quite a bit in the the kind of ten years that I've been wanting to do this. Like at the very beginning, there was the like the Xbox Live Arcade, where there yeah. was only like a handful of games that were getting published there. Right. So if you made something, you could throw it up there, and you were guaranteed to get attention or eyes. Um, mm-hmm. now, you know, it's like 2015, you're, it's not 2015, it's like 2018. Um, you're looking at like 30, 40 games getting published every single day on steam. Right. Like, yeah. And these are like, these aren't just like one man teams publishing them. These are big companies or even like medium sized companies. So the problem now is like, how do you get noticed? Right. There's mm-hmm. And, and this is great for consumers, right? Because you have like, if you have a really niche thing that you like, you're like, I really like truck driving in Germany. There's a game for that, right? I want to, <laughs> I want to be a bus driver. There's a bus driver simulator, right? Like you can find a game for every little niche that you want to do. Uh, but if you want to get discovered, if you want to get popular, if you want to make any money, you have to now like have a marketing budget behind it. You have mm-hmm. to rise above the craft. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> it's like, like I'm doing okay financially, but I don't have money to like bankroll a game. I can't, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I can't hire people. It's just going to be me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to try and be successful. I'm not going to try and make something that's going to make money. Uh, so if you throw that out the window, what, what's the next thing you want to do? Well, you want to do something that has value on, on its own. Right. Um, and so I, I thought, well, how can I tell a story or how can I put people in in a mindset that I think they need to be in? And that's kind of where the project that I ended up doing came out of this, this idea that, um, there's, a lot of wealth and equality growing in our society and I don't think it's getting the kind of attention it deserves and people aren't 
aren't thinking about ways uh, about what it what it's like to be in the shoes of somebody who's suffering through extreme poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have some experiences that I was able to pull from uh, for this. So during university, there was a, a couple months where I was living out of my car and I was crashing at a friend's place. Um, and, and that was a really tough time in my life. Uh, and I was very lucky to have like the support network that I had, like the friends mm-hmm. uh, who, were, who, who you know, took me in. I was lucky to have the jobs that I had and, and some of the family that I had. Um, but what if you didn't have that, right? What would that yeah. look like? Uh, and that's kind of the origin of Invisible Hand, which is the, the project that I, that I worked on in, in the, kind of that period. So you worked on Invisible Hand two out of the five, well, not two, probably everything, every time you weren't actually working, you were working on Invisible Hand, hey? Eh? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I tried to keep some work-life balance, but like when when you're working two jobs, uh, it can kind of bleed together a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about Invisible Hand. How, so when did... When did this release? When did your game release? And what was the reception to it? And what what is it about? Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me. So I published it on my thirtieth birthday, or just after my thirtieth birthday, um, and I published it on itch.io, which is a like indie game platform, uh, mm-hmm. like web platform. So there's actually like lots of great stuff on there. Uh, if you're interested, if you're like, hey, I want to see what like small games are, are being made. That's a great spot to check out. Um, and yeah, so this, the reception was. Let me see, let me actually pull up the analytics and see. So I so the page has had a thousand thirty three views. So that's like people who've actually navigated to the page, the store page. It's right, seventy six downloads, and it has had you know uh, four hundred and sixty one impressions over the past week. So th- those are some like basic analytics for for how it's going. Um, so spent spent a year working on it um, with uh, it was me and a, and a handful of volunteers who also wanted who like bought into this idea of the project that we wanted to work on. Um, it, was, it was like, a, you know, like four of us in, in total. Uh, and yeah, so, that, so that's kind of what it looks like to, to put something out there with like no marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I'm pretty happy with where it ended up because I made, it, I made something that intrinsically I thought had value and like would be, would be something that I, I think should exist out there. Right. Uh, and you know, seventy six other people have tried it and like that's I'm happy with that. That's that's great. That's awesome. You because I, I remember when you were working on it and you kinda of showed us like a demo of it one time. Mm-hmm. It's it was inspiring to hear you and to see you do something that was just your passion project. And at the time I had no idea that you were only working like working part time like full time or working part time. I would have uh, the accountant in me would have been like yo man what the hell but uh no no it, it's inspiring that you basically funded your own game which is really like it's great 
don't know what to say. Not a lot yeah. of people can say they've done that. What was what were some lessons you took away from that? And what was I guess at the end of the day, what do you hope to do next with that experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, some lessons I took away from it. Well, I I learned how important it is to have a community of peers. It, like like in Edmonton here we have we have game camp I'm not sure if it's so called that it might be called something else it's been kind of on hiatus a little bit because of the pandemic but yeah um, being being able to surround yourself with peers also working on passion projects that's super important and being able to, to reach out for those resources right right and find other people who are who are passionate about the same thing um, it, developing you can, you don't develop this kind of thing in a vacuum right you're you're always bouncing ideas off of people and so it's just so important to find that community uh, and and this kind of like harkens back to people you're like you're like oh I want to be like a director like so you go to, you go to film school and you find a whole bunch of other people who are also really into that and I think that's a really important step right and one because one, you're building those connections but two you're finding your your group of people who feel the same way, right, mm-hmm. about about something, because you're never going to grow up surrounded by people who are as weird in the same way as you are, right? Sort of the see see you get. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt, what I'm going to ask you is, uh, do you where do you think the future of gaming is? Do you think it's VR? Like it's here now, I guess. Obviously, yeah. like we we talk about it every now and then because I just bought. Uh, a set of Oculus goggles. <laughs> and Matt, Matt's inviting me to play games. Like, I don't know, man. I can barely like move in this game. Uh-huh. But uh, where do you think the future is in games? I don't think it's just one thing, right? No. Like, I, like, I think VR is a is a portion of it, and I think it's only going to get bigger and better. But I think like games are so they're everywhere now, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, way different than when you were growing up. It's it's not like a nerdy thing to play games now. It's just something. It's, what kids do right yeah. like you i don't know if like you your guys are too young right now to be playing a lot of games but they're going to hit an age where like roblox or minecraft is all they talk about and that's where mm-hmm. they meet their friends and like it's only going to get bigger i think right oh yeah okay for sure I think it, like comparing game to where games used to be to what they are now i mean games are movies now uh, a lot of this like you're talking about, you know, EA, the marketing budget, half the thing is, it's it's the same thing. They're not going to invest into a game that's not going to have that return on investment. It's, it's mm-hmm. a franchise. You're looking for a franchise. It's like it's like the movie industry. It's mm-hmm. just Marvel movies now. It's just superhero movies. So it's getting tougher and tougher for people to, quote unquote, make a living releasing independent games. But the, on the other side of that, it's so much easier, I can imagine, to release uh, your own game because there are now mm-hmm. avenues and channels for that. Hey, yeah, the the tools to make your own games have never been better and and cost effective, right? All, yeah. all the stuff I used was was basically free to make the games, right? Like you, there's people making these amazing asset packs and like a lot of people poo poo uh, reusing art, like like buying art that anybody can purchase for twenty bucks. Uh, but it all depends on how you want to use it, right? Like, why yeah. why spend time, like, 3D modeling a tree, right? When you can just buy somebody else's tree that's, like, perfectly good, right? Yeah. And it's, like, a dollar to buy it, and then you save yourself a few days of work. Um, 
that's like kind of a narrow example. But yeah, like the the tooling, any anybody can make games, right? And yeah, yeah. It, and it's actually it's it's a great creative outlet. It's a great way for kids to learn math skills, right? Like like coding is is fun and it empowers people, right? Yeah. And it's totally the future of work for for many many professions. I don't know about plumbing. I think plumbing is <laughs> is always going to be. Um, you know, you're not going to see plumbing get automated anytime soon. You, you're good until until you can't do it anymore, Jordan. But like, yeah, let's, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I think a lot of desk jobs. You know, you're going to have to have uh, coding skills to to kind of complement the work that you do, right? Absolutely, I can already see it. I see it in my job. It's um, even basic coding. I mean, on Excel, you know, we we use uh, it's VBA. I can't use VBA. I'm not very good at it. And the amounts that would add to my job, like if I could master it somehow, I could really automate a lot of the tasks that I do. Yeah. So I can totally see that happening. On that note of looking future, looking towards the future, you and I have talked once about this. Um, it was around the time of the last uh, provincial election. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you did mention that like Edmonton has that potential, that amazing potential to be like the next technology hub. Can you just go into that a little bit more? Like what, first off, are you biased? Probably like a little bit. We're always biased talking about our hometown. Yeah. But <laughs> the other part is just like, what about Edmonton and what about the tech sector? Uh, should Edmonton look into like, that's a place of growth. Like why Edmonton? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the short answer is, like the U of A and, and some of the great minds at the U of A uh, are world class. Like, like these people are inventing machine learning, uh, which is used almost everywhere now. And it's, it's, people might not know that the, this is happening in Edmonton, but like we're, we're world leaders in this. Uh, What's machine learning? Uh, so machine learning is how Google knows what you want before you type it, right? It, it's looking at all of your search history and inferring what the next thing you're gonna type is, right? Uh, right. It's, it, I mean, that's a simple example, but like machine learning is how Spotify knows what music you're gonna like, right? It's it's in the background of pretty much every, uh, every service or, or, or website that you're using now. Yeah. Um, it's using it's used by self-driving cars right it's it's used everywhere um and i, I don't want to oversell it because i think that happens a lot a, a lot of people are like you know elon musk is like oh yeah cars are going to drive themselves in like f five years that's not going to happen but um it it's a huge industry and it's um it's you know a big part of that is is because of some of the great minds in edmonton working right now so, and you're saying that we're, it's basically underdeveloped. So we could, we really have a ready source of knowledge workers that could quickly fill the gap instead of leaving the province. We can, you basically have an, a sleeping giant. They, as when they get the, the infrastructure, when they get the support that they need, you're saying that this could pretty much take off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we started seeing that, uh, under the last provincial government, uh, there was huge incentives, uh, and and companies started popping up everywhere, and then the rug got kind of pulled out from under them, uh, mm. uh, under the current government. And it, there's there's been new incentives put in place, but 
really this was all done without the consultation of the industry so i i think i think the government and, and they're starting to realize the potential here right especially as prospects for oil and gas start to to simmer down over time mm-hmm. right and, and they want to start diversifying and like it's great that they're they're thinking about doing that uh and i just think yeah we we have some success stories right we have a, a great school we, we have bioware right um and we have these other game companies we, we have a real opportunity to build this ecosystem and the the real like killer feature here is you can have a great quality of life and you don't have to pay people Silicon Valley salaries mm-hmm. and in a remote working environment, that's huge, right? There's a huge competitive advantage there. Cause like, okay, you have people who are equivalent quality of, of software development as, you know, people in Silicon Valley, but you, you can pay them a fraction of the cost, right? They speak English. They're in the same time zone, right? Uh, or similar time zone, like one hour off, right? For a lot of uh, yeah. Pacific, um, and, and it's just like there's a and those people can move here and they can buy a house, right? You're not looking at your million dollar San Francisco townhouse. You can you can buy like a really nice house in Edmonton for a million dollars. The only problem is it gets a little cold sometimes. So, uh, I think we have like a branding problem. We're not we're not a first class international city. Uh, we're kind of like a B city in, in a lot of in a lot of international circles, but honestly, he's those... being like a F city where I am. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I've heard of Penticton. It's you know you got you, you you pick cherries today or whatever, right? <laughs> Not that's that's I a like. unique experience. That's great. That's you can't get that kind of fresh air everywhere. <laughs> so sorry, I could, before I cut you off, so you were just like we just have to basically market Edmonton better. It's it's a it's a it's just the marketing budget trying to sell it as a destination. Yep. Yeah. Well, we yeah. gotta we gotta highlight what we have that you can't get elsewhere, right? You yeah. Can, you can live affordably. There's room to grow. You can have a family here, right? Try try raising a family in like a Vancouver condo because that's the only thing that you can afford, right? And like, sure, yeah. Vancouver is an absolutely beautiful city. You got the beach. You can surf and ski in the same day, right? That's the that's their catchphrase. We need to find our version of that and and start marketing it. And we really just need to start treating Edmonton like, like we can be that bigger city. Uh, Calgary gets a lot of the spotlight internationally uh, from the Olympics, and it's closer to the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Edmonton has a lot to offer, too. Yeah. Uh, Matt, before we, before we move on to top three, my question, the last question, I guess, got for you is what's next one for- oh, okay well we'll have two questions left what's next for you like what's next steps like what do you want to do next um whether be it whether it being in the gaming world or what like the virtuality company you're with or yeah. whatever it is like what's next yeah so i'm not at serious labs anymore um turns out a, a global pandemic is very disruptive to the construction industry at least initially. So, yeah, yeah, a a bunch of us were laid off uh, when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, well, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I started putting out uh, resumes uh, and I was very lucky to land a job with Improbable, uh, 
which is comprised largely uh, by ex-Bioware people in, <laughs> here in Edmonton. So that's what I'm talking about, that like that feeder cycle, right? Like the yeah. like more companies create more companies and you, then you have this whole industry. Um, so we're still growing there. Um, but Improbable has been really great. Um, and one of the one of the studios that was acquired by Improbable is called Midwinter and they're based out of Seattle. And they're kind of a scrappy small group of like 30 to 40 people. Mm-hmm. And they're working on a game called Scavengers. Uh, and, and it's actually out. You can play it right now if you go to Steam or, or the Epic Store. Uh, and we're pushing for a console release very soon. So you should it's free to play. Anybody can hop in. Uh, it's super fun. I actually, it's, it's one of the, the funnest games that I've had the privilege of working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very happy to be part of that studio. It's it's a great spot to be. Um, I love being on that that kind of size of team because, like I was saying earlier, if you're at a big company, you're you're a cog. But here, I actually feel like I can make a huge impact. Right? There's only like thirty to forty of us, and uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, the game is super fun. You should check. Is it, it out. a a third person? Yeah, so it's it's a third person PvP VE. Uh, so basically, you're dropped in as a team of three into yeah. uh, a massive world uh, that's populated with uh, non-playable characters. So there's the the scourge, which are like the infectious zombies. Uh, yeah. It's like post-apocalyptic frozen wasteland, uh, and then there's outlanders, which are like the humans that have that have survived the uh the apocalypse here uh and you and your team of three are fighting to collect data to understand the the what happened better and what happened better um and uh so a lot of people compare it to a battle royale because it it has a lot of similar features like Mm -hmm. it's it's 60 players right fighting for dominance Uh, (laughs) uh but the difference here is that you can it doesn't end. The match doesn't end with one team winning. It, you can you can win multiple ways. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the match, a dropship comes down. You you get on the dropship. Uh, you you can fight around the dropship, but you can get on at the last second, and you you'll still count in the leaderboard. So it's, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, we should play sometime. It's, it's a lot. Of fun. Yeah, I'm looking. At, I'm watching. I'm kind of watching the, the little. What do you call it? Trailer. Trailer, yeah. trailer right now. And it looks cool. It looks pretty good. Like the graphics are quite good on it. That's crazy. Okay. Cool. So I have to ask this question. I've been meeting. So improbable games, go check out scavengers, Google it. Um, is it, so do people play this on steam? Can they play this on their mobile? Uh, yeah. So uh, it's out on PC right now. We're pushing towards a uh, console like Xbox and yeah. PlayStation right yeah. now. Um, but it's not out on console. They're, they're fickle beasts. It's tough to master. They, you know, like an Xbox only has like five gigs of memory. Right? The Xbox One is is like a gaming PC from like ten years ago. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, if you're it, it's very tough to optimize for. So we're putting a lot of work into getting that 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 done. It should be out soon. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, I had to ask this. So you mentioned you're uh, you really into RPGs and stuff. What was your favorite RPG of all time? Oh man, I I really liked the original Dragon Age. 
Like I, oh. I remember playing that when it first came out. Um, I, I played some Neverwinter Nights too, mm-hmm. like Baldur's Gate a lot growing up. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to to pick a favorite. Like I, I, I want to say Mass Effect, but it's like, dude, you worked at Bioware. Like, of course, you like the Bioware games. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know. What, what's yours? You're never a big uh, Final Fantasy guy. Unfortunately, not. Like, I have a hard time with JRPGs. I the the something about the pacing. Like, okay. Yeah, I just I can't get into it. But I I totally recognize that there's a huge fandom behind it, but it's just not my kind of game. Yeah, it's for yeah. older people, man. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it, it's for people who who really like the grind. You know, there's I think there's a lot of a lot of grind in those games, and it's just not for me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Jordan, yes, what's weird. our next? Uh, yeah. No, that's cool. I had like uh, like it's you. I think you're somebody that kind of found his own way. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people can definitely learn from that. You, you kind of found your own niche. I would, you know, you went into something more broad in general, which a lot of people don't do. They like, oh yeah, I want to work in like my uh, my video games as a kid was sports. I want to work in sports. I want to be this, and it's very a specific role. Mm-hmm. And people would just shoot towards that one role when in reality, you provide value in many ways to companies. I mean, mm-hmm. a video game company. Uh, needs somebody who's a software engineer a video game company needs like an accountant they, mm. they they need a plumber you know so it's it's better to just get a trade that someone is looking for and then try to force your way in versus mm. just i am going to be making video games otherwise i'm a failure right so that's really cool and the fact that you're just listening to your story you're very like you have you want to do things that matter to you i don't think most of us are like that so i like again that's that's crazy. That's awesome. You can turn down a, a job at EA. Um, I've been trying to work at EA for a long time. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, how, how do you just, you know, but you, you believe that there's a bigger, you know, purpose to this stuff. So a lot of people can definitely learn a lot from your story, be inspired. So thank you again for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. I, I think it's probably worth mentioning that I just, there's a ton of privilege to be able to do something like that. So I just, just want to recognize how lucky I, I am to be able to do that. Not everybody has that opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you have that opportunity, Matt. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bit of hard work that goes into that too. So yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't so sell, yourself, yeah, sell yourself sell say, too short. I was um, just going to say. <laughs> but let's, uh, we're going to keep it in the, the game realm. Uh, we're going to move on to top three. Our top three this week is our top three first-person shooters. Uh, now, Brian, of course, people don't know this, but Brian doesn't have a phone right now, so he just got the message right when we started this podcast. So uh, hopefully he has something. But uh, uh, what we'll do, Matt, we'll let you go first. Give us your third ranked that you played. Uh, you, probably have, you're, you probably have a bigger... Uh, database of games in your head than me and Brian do. <laughs> These will, like... this uh, just as a note, top three first-person shooters would be the three first-person shooters that I've played, and of those three, which one <laughs> I like the best and worst. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Matt, we'll let you go first. We we do it like a snake draft style, where you're gonna go third, and then when we come back to you, or we're gonna each go pick mm-hmm. one, then Brian will start again, kind of go back. And... Okay. So yeah. we'll let you start with what's your number three favorite first-person shooter. 
Yeah, so my number three, um, and you brought it up earlier, um, how I'm kind of into Oculus right now. Like, I'm really loving the VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to call it Larsonauts for number three. It's, <laughs> it just, just came out, uh, like, a few weeks ago. It's made by a smaller team uh, out of San Francisco. And for anybody who's played a game like Team Fortress 2 or Overwatch, it's kind of the same class-based shooter mechanics, but in virtual reality. Uh, and it is super fun right now. I'm really enjoying uh, and, and it's a great workout. You know, like, I, uh, I strap. You got some uh, wrist weights, like some, like, seven-and-a-half-pounders. You just throw these on your wrists when you're playing in VR. It looks super geeky, but you get free exercise, man. I'm not yeah, there you go. You got free exercise. You got to uh, find the ways to stay in shape. Yeah, and, yeah, especially, like, during the pandemic, right? Um, and it adds, like, weight to your emotions, too, right? Because otherwise mm-hmm. you're just, you're holding this plastic controller. It doesn't quite feel the same as when you're, like, wielding this, like, minigun, right? Do you... Uh... Does Monique have a an Oculus as well? No, no, she she's not a big fan, and like I'll totally recognize, uh, it's not for everybody. Uh, you need a certain tolerance for motion sickness, and it's something that I, I acquired through working at that that VR company for a few years, and you're testing unoptimized builds. Like we actually would have like uh, ginger tea and like gravel available for all the workers who were, who were testing these games because like it's such a common thing to get motion sickness at work there. So yeah, uh, it's not really her cup of tea though. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so your number three game is Lars Larsonauts, right? Yeah, Larsonauts. I'm looking at it now. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Brian, I'll let you go number two. I don't want to steal anything you have since you're very limited. <laughs> Number three for me is uh, that so the video games at the remember at the arcades and Palladium that counts right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The guns. Yeah. Okay, House of the Dead was mine. Number Ooh. three. I number really three. liked it. Yeah, House yeah. of the Dead. I remember playing this at uh, Palladium, mm-hmm. and I don't think I was very good at it, but <laughs> I played it. It was great. You should just skip me. Like I'm not. I, I'm not adding any value to this conversation. Well, no, that's, a, that's actually a good one. That kind of brought it up. That's going to get change my third number three. Just give right. me another one. My number three was also the arcade game Time Crisis. Oh yeah, yeah. I love playing Time Crisis. Yeah, I love that one too. Like the those were some of the top. Those two that you mentioned, House of the Dead and Time Crisis. Those were some of my favorite games to play at the arcade. Uh, at the arcade, yeah. yeah. I just love stepping on that pedal. <laughs> and they, they made I never like a I, home console version of that too, and it just it wasn't for what system. I think it was for PlayStation. It wasn't the same okay. though, right? When you're when, when you yeah. just like you don't have the lives in the same way, and you're not at the arcade. Not the same yeah, you don't lives. have the grease and dirt on the gun from the yeah, other people right? eating their you don't popcorn. Have the sweaty dudes <laughs> like watching you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna come back with my number two. Um, uh, this was I played this on I think original like not on PC way way back when I was younger. Uh, was Duke Nukem. I love and I love Duke Nukem because you could always tip the stripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the my one qualm with the game is the nipples it didn't look like nipples. They looked like some sort of stringy <laughs> pink thing. So, uh, but it was pretty cool. I love I love Duke Nukem. It was a fun game back in the day. So that was my number two. Uh, first-person shooter. 
Yeah, it, I love that game too. It it always felt like I wasn't supposed to be playing it. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the age that it came out in, like I was like a kid. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely was underage for playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. All right. I uh, thought about picking either Doom or uh, was it Duke Nukem? Mm-hmm. But honestly, like if I was to pick one. Okay, number two, I'll just pick a Halo ODST or whatever because I bought it and it was it was quite good. It was like the longest I've played a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I it was a yeah Halo. Halo what? ODST. Oh. What's what's that? It was like a oh, fuck. Oh, it was like one of the sequels they made. I, yeah, I know what Halo. I know what Halo is, but I'm not sure though. Anyway, okay. Yeah, uh, ODST was you you played the orbital drop shock trooper so i think there's like nathan fillion was one of the characters in that <laughs> oh yeah and they switched it up they went with like a film noir kind of angle for halo so yeah i totally i recently played the remaster that's why i know so much about it yeah i uh that that would be the game i'll pick <laughs> go mad just yeah it's all good you people want to hear what you what you picked my, my number two is also going to be halo i i didn't specify one of them but like the first three uh that was like a huge part of my childhood tons of like sleepovers growing up just playing all night because because they had the co-ops split screen co-op so you yeah. just play through all these levels over and over uh yeah. and like it was just it was so amazing at the time right it, whether it was like xbox was was just like such a huge console when it came out yeah. it was so cool um, yeah and then halo 2 was like one of the first shooters on xbox live so being able to like you know do all that toxic fps like bad mouthing to random strangers across the world like that was yeah that was such a like brand new thing for me so it was it like holds a special place in my heart yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with like halo one and two halo one and two mm-hmm. yeah, actually you know i had halo two uh as well as my uh second favorite oh no I had a Halo 2 as part of my, I, I eliminated it because I picked that uh, time crisis, mm-hmm. but Halo 2 was awesome. And I loved, uh, it was the very first game I played online. Uh, like you were kind of saying with other people and just like, Oh man, like these, these guys are so good. I don't know. Like they're just jumping in the air mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like just randomly shooting off shots. This guy picked me off from like fucking far distance. So did, did you ever do land parties? Like, did you ever connect a bunch of Xboxes and, like, multiple TVs and, and play some Halo? No, I never ended up doing that. Oh, man. That you, sounded you guys are pretty way, cool. way cooler than me. <laughs> Dude, the land party. Yeah, we, like, my whole basketball team uh, growing up, like, we were all really into video games. And like, mm-hmm. like, we'd, we'd go to practice and then we'd go, like, have a land party afterwards. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was so special, right? Yeah, uh, and you'd you think you were good, like you'd be the best person at the LAN, and then you'd go online <laughs> and you'd be the worst person. Oh, you just in, get owned in the online match. Yeah, I love doing energy swords only. Yeah, <laughs> <Where> just, <laughs> yeah. slicing away. Uh, Matt, I think it's your turn. Come back with your number one. Sorry, Matt, you skipped over something. You played basketball. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. only yeah. Matt. How tall are you? You're like six six six, six three. It's, I'm not, You're I'm six not three. Like, yeah, that's like short in terms of tall. People, oh man, right. This is crazy. Like to me, you're like eight feet tall, but because I'm only five six, I'm in, I'm, a, I'm short. I'm a short. You're short a gnome, person. Jordan. Brian, how tall are you? Depends who I'm standing next to. 
Well, the doctor Matt, said I, I was I can 16. tell you, Matt towers over you. So <laughs> you've yeah. got to be under five, five eleven. No, no. Doctor said I was six feet. Um, I'm definitely over five eleven, and uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. that's crazy. Oh, I didn't know you played basketball, Matt. That's uh, do you still play? Not, not really. I mean, I like the closest thing I do is multi-sport. So like every week you're playing a different sport, and like basketball is usually in that rotation. And then, uh-huh. and then, yeah, I'm playing basketball that week. But, uh, yeah, they had a high school team. Um, I did I did some, like, some like summer camps, uh, but I never went, you know, further than high school. You played high school. That's pretty good, man. It, it was a small high school. Uh, okay. were you, what were you? Center? Power forward? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, number five post. Yeah, center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Matt. Let's get back to number one. Your favorite first person overall shooter of all first time. First person shooter. Yeah, this. I, I was a little stuck on this one because uh, it's it's technically a first person shooter, but not all the time. So uh, my number one is a Splinter Cell: Spy versus Mercenaries. So Sp- Splinter Cell is a third person game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing the spy, you do a bunch of spy stuff. I don't know if everybody knows Splinter Cell, but uh, they had this multiplayer mode and it was asymmetrical. So it was uh, 2v2. Uh, one team was uh, the spies and you're playing the game like you kind of would. You'd be trying to like hack computers and like steal stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other team was mercenaries and you were playing. So the spies were third person and the mercenaries are first person. Uh, and so your job is to protect all the objectives that the spies are trying to take. And it's hands down like the most intense multiplayer I've ever had. And it, like, it still holds a special spot in my heart because it's just, <laughs> there, there's so much light and shadow. You'd be like a spy trying to steal something from a mall. And you're like you're basically this glorified mall cop with a gun. And you're walking around in the dark. The spy jumps on you suddenly and you're like if you're close enough you can hear each other's microphones so they like sneak up behind you and like grab you and these shit talking to you oh man it's <laughs> you gotta check you gotta watch some old videos of it what it was, uh system was it uh it was on xbox xbox okay yeah and, and they did like they developed it further in future versions of splinter cell but it was never yep. quite the same as like the pandora tomorrow so splinter cell 2 and 3 had the best version of that mm-hmm. yeah Cool. Yeah, this is a. Uh, I think this is around the same. Was this after Rainbow Six came out? Uh, I think it's around the same era. Yeah. Okay. Rainbow Six was also super dope. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Number. Hey Brian, one. you're number one. It's probably obvious to everybody who has listened so far. Goldeneye. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, I. Okay. By the way, and Jordan, I'm taking this, but I don't really, like, I was never a big fan of first person shooters. Mm-hmm. So I played Goldeneye. It was it was alright. It was fun. But of all the first person shooters I've played, it would have to be my favorite just based on uh like I've played, it the most. played. Yeah, so my number one is also Goldeneye. Uh I used to play it with uh my friends Carlos and AJ literally all the time. Yeah. Uh, we'd we'd give we'd set AJ up with the golden gun and me and Carlos it'd be like two on one. <laughs> <laughs> we'd give him the golden gun and we just keep running around trying to kill him he just like stash himself and i can't remember like maybe it was the, the facility mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys remember that yeah facility or there's one other one but he just stashed himself in this like 
hallway where you could only come up. And I think there was another way into like a window, but he'd just wait. I mean, you'd be like kind of strafing, <laughs> strafing into the hallway trying to shoot him when he just clip you with the golden gun. It's such a great party game. But, like, yeah, I love playing that game. Yeah. Oh man, it, I think it was that or like Perfect Dark were some of the first kind of examples of modern uh, shooters. Like mm-hmm. where shooters like were really like a lot of the foundations of what shooters are now. I think started with those games. Yeah, they're both good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, right on. Okay, that was our top three. Top three first-person shooters. Uh, yeah, good job, guys. Uh, uh, what's next, Brian? Our last second last segment is uh, dad blog slash uncle blog. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, you're the guest, Matt. Do you have a uh, uncle blog for us today, or a uh, a pet dad blog for us? Yeah, no, I'm not going to bore people with my pet stories, but uh, <laughs> I. You know, like, I don't have a lot of great uncle stories. I have a younger sibling. My my little sister, it's her birthday today. She's seven years younger than me. So I might uh-huh. have some good kid stories about that, if that's allowed in the segment. Oh, that's allowed, yeah. Yeah, that's allowed. So uh, I must have been, like, 12 or something. So my sister would have been pretty young. And Five. Yeah. Have you, have you ever gone RVing? Oh, uh, well, not RVing, like, I guess... I guess tent well, I say camping. I have a tent trailer, so yeah, is that okay. similar? Okay. So similar, similar idea. So, so yeah. both my parents were working a lot, so they decided one time we're going to try RVing, and you got a weekend, and it's Friday afternoon, and they're like, "Okay, we got to get this RV. We got to pack it up. Uh, we'll just like leave my sister in a room to her own devices, and you never leave a kid alone for too long." What she did <laughs> is she took off her diaper she painted the walls <laughs> and she shoved <laughs> beads up her nose. Oh. <laughs> so my mom walks in on this and she's having like a meltdown. Cause it's like Friday. It's like, we're already late to like hitting the road. And now she has this like huge mess. She has to clean up and she's got to like get everybody together and get on the road and get to the campsite. And it's like, I've never seen her more distraught over this. And my sister is just, uh, this, by the way, is probably the worst camping trip ever. (laughs) This is is how it started. Not off to a good start. Yeah, not off to a great start. Um, We finally hit the road and we stop in a parking lot, I think like outside of Jasper. And leaving, like we, we stopped to like take a bathroom break or like hit up a diner or something. And leaving the RV, my sister misses a step and falls and, like, just kind of, like, scuffs her knee in the parking lot. We didn't know this at the time. There's a bear in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> people, <holy shit. laughs> so there's there's a bear, like, I don't know, like, a hundred feet away. And she starts, like, crying. And then some people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa like, make her stop. Like, there's a bear right there. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, this is... This is turning into a situation. Uh, yeah, so you yeah. kind of like, sh- like, like pick her up. We're like, shh, it's okay, it's okay. And we, we, we go inside this diner uh, and the bear's just kind of like meandering around this parking lot. So there's a, a near miss there. Uh, and then <laughs> the real cherry on top is the same camping trip. Like the next day, my sister is running and not paying attention and she just trips into a fire pit. 
Ooh. Oh shit! Was there a fire there? There's no fire. Thank but God. She goes head first into it, and she comes out like covered in soot, just not having a great time. I think that uh, was really the like the fiesta resistance of this this whole trip. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure my mom had just was beside herself. Like, what a weekend! Like <laughs> talk about not relaxing. And and funny thing, we never actually went RVing again. So I think <laughs> I think there was some bad blood left over for your sister. Ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so was yeah, it happy? Was birthday. it just the two of you guys? <laughs> How many uh, siblings did you have? It was just the two of us. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, but when there's like a, a seven-year difference, it's like mm-hmm. less of a sibling. It's more like you're, you're like fostering this kid, right, almost. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of how I felt <laughs> growing up. Like, yeah, you guys have siblings, right? Yeah. 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 What, what's the yeah. age difference? Ooh, mine's not even two years. Mine, I have an older sister. And I think she's like 20 months or something like that. Okay. So you, you're yeah, teasing each other all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I hear with the folding chair one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My brother is a year and a half younger than me, but everyone thinks he's older. No, he's a deeper voice. Oddly more enough. mature. More mature. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely more mature. Right on. All right. Jordan. Uh, yeah. Mine's going to be another short one. Um, I find it wild how when kids get together in groups, especially at this age, and because we've been in this pandemic, lots of these kids haven't really like socialized other than maybe a few occasions, unless they maybe are in daycare or something. Uh, but uh, yesterday, a couple, uh, we had a couple other kids over uh, and they were all in a big group and just like, it seems when one kid does something, <laughs> the others all tag on. Um, and I have this, uh, we had a big playhouse in our backyard Yeah. and we moved it. And then of course when we moved it, we noticed the lawn's all dead underneath it. So I grass seed it and sawed it. All this new, new fluffy grass has grown. <laughs> These fucking assholes. <laughs> I turned my head. They're ripping the lawn up Fuck and you, throwing please. it into the pool. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> You fucks. in my head. This is what I'm thinking about. I'm like, hey, can you can we please just not rip the lawn up? Can you grab Thank the hose and just spray? Them oh like man, it? whose I, kids were they? I I'm not at liberty to say. Do I know them? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like they were playing some sort of game, and normally I wouldn't care. Like normally, if it was other parts of the lawn, they're ripping strands of grass. But because these things are so like new, like when you pull the grass. It, like, Every like soil and everything's coming up. You're like oh, the seedlings. Stop it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, I just find it wild when they're in groups. They're just almost like un untamable, <laughs> if that's a word. Mm-hmm. They're all just it's like gang mentality. <laughs> like we don't give we don't give a fuck what this old guy saying. <laughs> We're gonna rip this lawn up. <laughs> if it helps you, if I think if it's the same kids that I'm thinking, I remember. Uh, I had to, this, this kid was being quite rambunctious mm-hmm. and was riling my kid up or it mm-hmm. might've been the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I just picked the kid up. I'm just like, we're going to stop this right now. <laughs> and then he was uh, trying to do numerous things to get out. And I was just like, this is useless, man. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't fuck with me, man. Anyway. Fair enough. Anyway. Okay. On to you, buddy. Yeah. Well, this is going to be relatively short too, but um, my, my son is like, I think I've talked about this many times. His new nickname is the Hulk, the little <laughs> Hulk. 
because he's fucking strong. Well, he's like 18 years old now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He's, uh, he's, he's really, really, like, if he doesn't want to be somewhere, mm. he will try to get out. And you, like, like he challenges your, your strength because he'll fling him, his whole self, like, his head back. And you're just like, okay, don't don't do that. You're gonna smack your head on the back of uh, on the back of you're gonna smack the back of your head on the ground, and you're gonna get dumber. <laughs> just today, like a dad, <laughs> <laughs> like father, like son. Yeah. And then today it was just like I have. So this, I guess this is too. Like, you know, I'm finished. Finished his bath. I put him down, and then he's so clumsy that he like flops forward, smacks his head. Everyone hears it. Yeah. Anyways, he's just very uncoordinated. He's really heavy, so when he falls, it's a big fall. The other thing, the second thing, I uh, so the uh, with my son, I have to. We have this thing. It's a baby carrier. It's mm. wear, so I have to wear him, and it's been a godsend because if I did, well, I didn't have the ability to wear the kid, I can't get any shit done. Like we would never eat. So the other day. And he loves it too. Every time I, I, I put it on, he starts freaking out and he points at it. He wants to get up. I put him in there and normally it's just smooth sailing. Uh, for the most part, he doesn't touch any of the stuff I cook, which is good. I don't have to chop his fingers off. The other day I made the mistake of picking him up, putting him in there and he was holding a colander mm-hmm. and I tied him up and he's so happy. He's flinging his arms around, smokes me with the colander. Oof. Like, it's starting to hurt when he hits me. It's just like, okay, this is starting to he hurt. Has some power. He has a little bit of power, and he thinks it's hilarious when he smacks you. When he bites you, mm-hmm. he thinks it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I just, I like, he's, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna What's play that? in BJJ and you're gonna train him to be a fighter. Well, that, but uh, I've already, I've actually had to start using jujitsu on him. if i want no 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 if i want to control him i can't just take a regular back mount because he's just like escaping so i actually have to put him in a body triangle now body (laughs) triangle and it's just like okay we're doing this man get the get your lotion on because he needs lotion he has very dry skin you're just gonna have to go knee on belly some days i might have to but yeah right well (laughs) he'll be uh he'll be a man in no time the way he's developing I I legitimately think I'm I'm not looking forward to him with other kids, because he's just gonna fuck him up. I think he's gonna he's so he's like so much stronger than kids his age, just because he's a big kid. He's tall. Like the other day we were we, I told I think I told you this, we were looking at houses, and this lady had uh like her two year old there, and Kendrick's the same size as her two two year old. I think he's heavier. He's a big kid. He's uh, thick with three C's. He's three C's at least. Three C's on it. Right. Yeah. Right on. That's dad blog. That's dad blog. Don't have children, Matt. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Don't have children. I'm so tired. Now. We're both tired because of our children. That's the yeah. only reason. Yeah, man. Run us ragged. I sleep great every night. I just play, play tons of games. I got free time. It's, it's awesome. Well, That's Matt's kind of a father. Good. Monique's kind of a probably, uh, Hard to handle. <laughs> She's like a child at heart. You have to put her in an our in a body triangle sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's finish off with our uh, beer review. All right, uh, Matt, let's hear it. How was your beer? 
Uh, it was it was certainly blueberry, but it was it was tart and acidic, so it it definitely had that like hipster hipster beer vibes going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not something I drink always, but it was nice. Uh, you can use whatever scale you'd like, uh, but try to use a scale and give it a like a rating. Uh, okay. On a scale of like. Uh, fixed pedal bike to put a bird on it i'd say it's like put a bird on it <laughs> say that again it, on, a, on a scale of fixed pedal bike to put oh. a bird on it I'd oh yeah put a bird on it fixed pedal bikes are so like who the fuck has a fixed pedal bike i met a dude with it and he bought it he's like yeah i want to get into better shape it's just like you fucking hipster there's like why why what is a Why? fixed pedal bike? It's just it's like a the pedal bike, bike with, with one the... gear. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, bike with yeah. one gear. Why? Like a BMX? Yeah, yeah but I for adults. So. But yeah. not as cool looking, and it looks like a mountain <laughs> bike as well. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a hipster thing. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to say the beer is, is pretty hipster. But... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I guess I'll go. I had the, uh, the grasshopper wheat ale. Uh, I crushed it. It was quite good, and mm-hmm. I knew it would be. I think I'm a big, big rock fan. Um, you wish you had some lemon, though. Yeah, you know what? Lemon would be nice with it. Nice little lemon slice. Do, yeah. do they serve it with lemon? Like if you yeah. if you get it at like a bar? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, why didn't you say that before I started drinking it? <laughs> I thought you knew. I thought he knew. I haven't been to a bar in a while, uh, but I'm gonna give it a decent rating. Uh, I'm actually going to give it a higher rating on my scale. It's going to be a 7.7. Oh, damn. And it's quite high for me, but I really did enjoy it. All right. That's good to hear. Okay. So what I had was the uh, NBC. I don't forget what this stands for. Nelson Brewing Company. I'd crush that coconut guava sour. Mm-hmm. It was definitely sour. I don't, but there was no coconut or guava in it. So, Ooh, I don't uh, know. Oh, God. Lost points. So fat. Poor this description. False, false uh, advertising. I didn't like that. And at the end, there's some like residue, like some just sediment, mm, which is also yeah. strange. But I have to give it points for the can. I like the color of the can on there. It's a puffer <laughs> fish. Okay. okay. I'm trying to. I'm stalling. I'm trying to think of a new ranking system, but I, I don't have one. So I'll uh, on the scale of uh, fixed pedal bike to put a bird on it. I will. It actually lies in uh, shit. So it's not quite fixed pedal bike. Definitely not put a bird on it. I'll put it in the middle, and it will be. Oh shit. Great put it in the middle as a designer of <laughs> uh, just a craft coffee. How about that? Craft yeah. coffee. Yeah. Small batch okay. roasted. Small batch, uh, small batch roasted Robusca coffee. There you go. Okay. Jesus Christ. So, so you, you met the chicken at the farm, right? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So, so, so just for those who don't know, the understand the uh, reference. Small batch roasted uh, coffee. Hipsters like it, but this is so bad. This is not so bad, but it's not. It's not regular soft batch roast. Uh, small batch roasted coffee. 
It's small batch roasted Robusta coffee. Ro- Robusta mm. is like the worst grade of coffee. It's like malt liquor coffee. Oh, and wow. you're making a small batch roast of it. Yeah, okay. How can you tell if it's that? I'm not, I'm not a big coffee snob. Okay, so the stuff that comes in the supermarket gigantic cans. Big Folgers? Uh, yeah, Robusta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because Robusta coffee was uh, they, it, it was what Vietnam planted a ton of. Yeah. It was what they wanted to do to sell. Anyway, it's it's bad stuff. It's not good. Yeah, Folgers, Maxwell House, any of the stuff that's like five dollars for a million pounds of coffee. It's usually Robusta. Right. It's not mm. good. You need to drink it with uh, cream and lots of sugar. Interesting. Yeah. And that's it. There you go. That's All our right. beer review. That's our beer review. That's our podcast this week. Thanks again, Matt. Yes, thank you, you for coming it. on. Shout out no, to we... Improbable Games. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? If you want to check out Matt's game, Invisible yeah. Hand, it's on Steam. Uh, no, itch.io. Itch.io. Yes. itch.io. Go support a local um, local to us. And the name again, it's called The, the Invisible Hand. No, no, no. Just Invisible Hand. Just, just invisible, invisible hand. So it's a, a socially conscious uh, video game. So go check it out. Uh, if you like this podcast, go to the Apple iTunes, review it, give us five star rating, <laughs> go subscribe on all wherever the hell you get your podcast. All right. We'll see you guys hopefully next week. And hope you have a good evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Bye now.